So just before the show starts, we always want to try to add value to our listeners. So today we have a free offer for you. If you'd like to go to a URL, which I will share with you at the end of the show, uh, you will be able to download my free book called Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience. So stay tuned after the show for the URL. Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. Fixing problems only gets you so far. Everybody's trying to fix problems. To me, that's one of the explanations for this, what Forrester calls the lockstepping problem. About half of companies, they're getting a little bit better, but everybody else is getting a little bit better, and so there's no real change in position. If you're not having an advantage around the CX because everybody else has improved their CX, does that mean you can stop? Well, no, that also seems like a really bad idea. Um, that would just guarantee you fall behind. So I guess my frustration, and maybe you're feeling that in my in the way I'm addressing that, <laughs> is just the mucking about with the small stuff and not actually dealing with the big stuff. And if they dealt with the big stuff, that's where they'd really get an improvement. So today we have Bob Thompson. Bob Thompson is the CEO of Customer Think Corporation, an independent research and publishing firm focused on customer-centric businesses, called customer-centric business management, and the founder and editor-in-chief of Customer Think, the world's largest community dedicated to customer-centric business. Bob is a popular international keynote speaker, blogger, author, and the good news is Bob and I have known each other for some time. So welcome, Bob. Thank you. Great to be with you. So one of the podcasts that we did just before Christmas was talking about, and this was me being a bit provocative, about customer experiences dying and talking about the fact that I'd read two reports, one from Nunwood, one from Forrester, that effectively said that customer experience initiatives, customer experience as a topic wasn't moving or the results weren't moving. In other words, we're not getting the ROI. Forrester said that their index that they have for the last three years has not improved. And my concern was, given that's the case, then the danger is what's going to happen is it's going to, you know, people are not going to make any investment in this. And as I said, I've known Bob for some time and Bob and I were chatting about it and I thought this was a good opportunity to get the two of us on the line and have this conversation. And also from Ryan's perspective, just Ryan's not involved in this in a day-to-day perspective as Bob and I are. So I guess Ryan can come up with some external thoughts on life, the universe and everything. I presume that makes sense, Ryan, to you? As typically when we talk, Colin, I will be the cool-headed voice of reason, I think is what you were trying to say. That's never been the case in the past, mate. So I don't know why it's going to start That's how I remember it. I'm (laughs) So, Bob, give us your view of where we are, what's happening in the industry, and why you think we've got the challenges that we have today. 
Well, it's a huge topic. I spent the last year doing research on this particular issue and just about to release a big report of my own on it. And I guess I would start by just saying, I think it depends on what companies are trying to do. Are they trying to differentiate? In which case, I think there's very few examples of companies that have been able to really set themselves apart through a CX initiative. And that's what Forrester has found in particular. So if you look at the industry indexes that are out there, you get kind of depressed about it and say, well, hey, things aren't really improving industry-wide. And that's true, but I'm not sure that's entirely fair because I think the real issue is at individual companies, are they getting some value from their CX initiative? And on that point, my conclusion is that the answer is not enough of them are, are able to prove it at least. And relatively few companies are claiming that they can differentiate based on their CX initiative. And a fairly small number are also able to show an ROI. And so I think you add those together and it's about one out of four in my study that can claim they're getting some tangible benefits or a competitive edge. And that leaves 75% who are not. That doesn't mean they're all failing, but that shows that there's a huge opportunity for companies to do better. And for me, the challenge is, rightly so, if businesses don't see a return, they're going to stop doing it. So if I was the CEO and I've go I've got four or five customer experience or I've got a new customer experience team whether it's one person you know I know organizations that have literally got 50 people doing it and we're not seeing the dials move whether it's a net promoter whatever measure that you may wish to use then eventually they're going to turn around and go why are we spending the money doing this we should actually spend the money doing something else And that worries me from that 75% that may not be seeing the return. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You and I have talked about this a few different times, and I think there is concern broadly in the industry about this. But if there's a silver lining in this gloomy cloud, it's that most of these companies that are in the 75% that say we can't really prove the value, we can't explain in a tangible way the benefits we're getting, but they do believe they're getting benefits. And so it's not an issue of them saying, hey, We tried CX and we're just getting nothing out of it. That's not the case. In fact, the majority of them are saying we're seeing increases in customer satisfaction and we're seeing increases in revenue and other specific things, maybe lower costs, better employee engagement. So they can tick off in a survey checkboxes that say, hey, we think we're getting these as major benefits. But when you ask them, well, can you quantify it? The answer is three out of four times no. And that to me is really the core issue that affects the majority of these companies is that they just aren't either aren't able to or just haven't prioritized this business case issue. But isn't it a bit deeper than that in the sense that aren't people just focusing around the edges? My worry is that what people have done is they have now a title of customer experience. So let me give you an example. I was talking to some people a little while ago and I said, oh, you customer experience. Yeah, okay. Well, what was you doing before that? Oh, I was doing, you know, insights or whatever it was before. Okay, so how's your job changed then since what you were doing and what you're doing now? Oh, it hasn't. What we've got is a new job title. So the actual action they're taking has not changed. And they are just dealing with small issues as opposed to making improvements. But, 
you know, making improvements that will only lead them to achieve what the customer is expecting in the first place, but not making the types of improvements that I believe that they should be going for, which is moving, and Ryan and I talked about this in the last book, moving the customer experience to the next level. People seem to be too focused on small things rather than dealing with the big things. Does that make sense? And what's your thoughts on that? It absolutely does. And we tried to explore this topic of CX strategy. What are you focused on in these projects that are ongoing? And took several different approaches to it. The one that really stood out to me is that a little over 40% of companies say that their main strategy is finding and fixing problems. And as I interviewed quite a number of CX leaders, I found that that's a very common and, frankly, unnecessary starting point. It's like, where are you going to get some early ROI? How can you get things launched? Well, let's solve some of these common customer pain points. So maybe it's in customer service or somewhere else, but let's start there. Uh, And unfortunately, sometimes that's where it ends because fixing problems only gets you so far. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at, that everybody's trying to fix problems. And I think that's, to me, that's one of the explanations for this, what Forrester calls the lockstepping problem. About half of companies, they're getting a little bit better, but everybody else is getting a little bit better. And so there's no real change in position. And so you can spend a lot of resources over many years and you just keep uncovering more problems and well let's fix that let's tweak that and you haven't fundamentally changed the experience in a way that customers will say hey that's a lot better and that's better than your competitors there's another 40 percent that got higher returns in our study by returns i mean there was a greater percentage of them that said they were getting some tangible benefits and they're focused on journeys making the journeys better make sure that the customers get the outcomes that they were looking for. So if there's 40% they're finding fixed problems, well, the other 60% that are working on more advanced strategies and they're getting better results from that. So the challenge for me is that when they're fixing the small problems, it's like they're being put into a box, basically. It's like CX teams are being put into a box in the sense of, okay, go away and fix that. Yes, you know, we need to fix those things. Those things are causing a support experience. They come back and they go, well, the issue is because we're operating in a siloed manner. The issue is because sales create, and I'm just using this as an example, sales create an unrealistic expectation of what the experience is going to be like. So here's a big issue that is fundamentally causing the business a problem. Typically, it's recognized within that organization. However, then senior managers don't want to address it because it's easy letting these five people go off and fix these problems. But the systemic issues that are causing, really causing the problem are not fixed. So another example I would give would be measurement. One of the things that we would say is you need everybody in the organization focused on the experience. Therefore, everybody should have a measure of the experience. Now, typically, organizations shy away from that because of the problems that the implementation of that type of thing causes. So I guess my frustration, and maybe you're feeling that in in the way I'm addressing that, (laughs) is just the mucking about with the small stuff and not actually dealing with the big stuff. And if they dealt with the big stuff, that's where they'd really get an improvement. 
Well, I agree with you completely. And that certainly came through in our data and all the interviews I did. There are companies that are working on bigger problems. And they're usually these cross-department process issues. Yeah. As you say, one of the scenarios back that I wrote about in my report is a problem that started in sales by making a promise that the downstream organization couldn't actually meet. And this particular tech company diagnosed the problem. They used journey mapping as a tool to help them figure out, well, what's going on and where is this happening? They collaborated with the rest of the organization and they found a solution. And to me, that's a it was a problem that manifested itself in customer service because that's where the complaint was placed. Hey, why is this happening when the sales rep told us something else? So it is a specific problem, but it was a symptom of a larger issue, which is a cross-organization process issue. I still see that as a bit of a finding and fixing problem paradigm, which to me is not fundamentally changing the experience. It's simply making sure things are linked up, joined up, as I think you like to say (laughs) in England, joined up so that the right hand knows what the left hand is doing and so on. And I think there is a different sort of process improvement or process transformation that is quite different than just making sure that things are linked up. So Ryan, you've obviously been, we've talked about it before, but you're not involved in it on a day-to-day basis like Bob and I. What's your thoughts on this? So several thoughts. One, this idea that some topic in business is dead or is no longer important where it once was, that happens fairly regularly among people who talk about business and find articles about how branding is dead or marketing is dead or the CMO is dead. And it usually turns out to be wrong. And that's because the fundamentals of human behavior don't change that much. We have a lot of new tools in business. We have a lot of new approaches that we can take. But people have always been people. And so the idea that customer experience is dead as an issue is no longer important to something we don't need to worry about assumes then that people no longer care about the experience that they're having, which is just kind of absurd on its face. So I've enjoyed listening to the back and forth that you guys have talked through. It it seems like there are at least three or four potential issues surrounding the data that's coming up. And Bob and Colin, each of you have had some nice thoughts on this. To one of Bob's points earlier, it sounds like it might just be a measurement issue. Are we, in fact, measuring the right things that line up with our goals and that line up with the actions that we're taking? Sometimes when we're not noticing movement on a metric, it's because we're measuring the wrong thing or we're taking the wrong actions to move that particular metric. Another potential issue might be around the cost side. If we're looking at return on investment, it may be that there are these organizations who have mislabeled people as CX professionals. And so on their spreadsheets, it looks like they're spending all kinds of money on CX when in fact, whatever improvements they're making to their customer experience are very, very inefficient for the amount of resources that they're devoting not realizing that they're misspending a lot of that money. But the broader idea that you two are picking apart here, that customer experience somehow doesn't matter. I also like Bob's point about the goals of the organization. If you're not having an advantage around CX because everybody else has improved their CX, does that mean you can stop? Well, no, that also seems like a really bad idea. Um, That would just guarantee you fall behind. So think strategically about this. What is causing that 
plateauing or dipping of numbers and are they the right numbers and do they line up with their goals? You see, I think the issue for me is about two things. So first of all, I think that when I started in customer experience back in 2002, as a subject, a bit like TQM or CRM or whichever business and acronym you want to talk about, it goes through being flavor of the month. And I thought customer experience would last about 10 years. I was mm. wrong and I'm pleased I was wrong because it's now lasting a lot more than that. But I think for me, the big issues are this. I think that there is actually a lack of commitment from senior people in the organization. I think that senior people in the organization don't really understand what it takes to improve the customer experience. And when you tell them what it takes, I don't think they truly commit to it because it's difficult. And I think the other issue for me is it's cultural. I think that organizations just constantly look internally at what's good for them. It's rare that you have organizations that put the customer first or consider the customer with equal weight. Let me even put it that way. I think too many organizations still think of there's a cultural issue. There's a change of mindset that needs to happen. And I think if I was narrowing it down to two things, I would put those two things. Bob, what's your thoughts? Bob, can I ask you an unfair question here? Sure, go ahead. Based on the research that you've done, is there one thing that you think has changed in the last couple of years with regards to how companies approach customer experience? Or in other words, if I'm in one of those organizations that I'm worried that top management is going to stop respecting this as an issue, what might be the biggest first step that I could take? And like I said, I know I'm setting you up because that's a really hard question to distill down to one answer, but you've been through this data. Do you have an opinion? It's actually, it's not a hard question. The answer is simple. That Oh, good. That CX leaders, by and large, need to do a much better job of building and selling the business case for what they're already doing. I want to emphasize that. I think there's two issues going on. One is that there's already a lot of good work going on, and these CX leaders can cite a number of benefits, as I said earlier, but the majority of them are either not able or not willing to go take the work that's already being done and present it in a case that says, here's what's valuable to the company and let's keep going and let's make it better. All right. So to me, that's a fundamental issue that says, you know, you're not getting as much value out of the work that's already been done. And I'd say that is problem number one. Problem number two, which is really the more complicated problem, is how to actually do better work. And that's complicated because it involves a number of different things. We studied a number of different practices, whether it's listening or journey mapping or how you connect the CX initiative to your brand values, things like that. So there's a number of practices. And I know Colin has been researching this for a long time, and he can speak to this better than I can. And so making this set of practices better is a skill that needs to be improved in most companies. Better ways of listening to non-survey sources is something that came out in our study. And so out of everything in my report, which goes on for some 30 pages, maybe 10% of it is about this business case issue, which I think would help everybody. And the other 90% is about how to be better. And you put those two together, and I think you've got a huge difference in the CX industry because they'll be able to get more value out of what they're already doing, and they'll actually do better work. 
I like the order that you put that in too, because it seems like the second point might be the go-to for most people. Like, oh, well, we need to start doing things different and better. And of course we all do. But the point that you need to make the case for what you've already been doing, I think is a nice one, a profound one to make. So let's move the conversation on because as we normally do about this time, let's look at what we think people should do. So what should people do as a consequence of this conversation and this issue? What would you get them to do differently? Bob, do you want to start or do you want me to jump in? I'm going to just start by, this is the first recommendation in our report. So this is trying to synthesize a year's worth of work. And it goes back to something you've already said, which is the winners being those that are able to show value from their CX initiatives, define a vision beyond just fixing problems. I think that is key. So it doesn't mean you shouldn't fix problems or that you can't get ROI from problems. That's all still true. But the vision for the CX program should extend beyond this fixing specific touchpoint problems that will bring CX initiatives into the realm of journey improvement and actual innovation and differentiation in the market, which is what very few companies have been able to achieve. So that to me is item number one, have that vision. Okay. And any further advice on what to do? What else would you do? So once you've got your vision. We've talked about the business case issue already at length. And I think that has to be baked into what CX leaders are doing. I think they need to have better skills in this area. Sure. There's investments in talent. There's some technologies that are definitely helpful, especially in cross-organization journeys and digital sure. transformation. One thing that stood out, which is pretty dramatic, well, actually, there's two areas that really stood out that is dramatically different in the so-called winning CX programs is, number one, a much better, more thorough approach to journey mapping. And number two is using more extensively non-survey sources for feedback, things like social media and text and other sources that so you're not depending solely on surveys. So there's some other things that came out in our study. Good. Maybe at the end, you could tell people where they're going to be able to get hold of the study from. So the issue for me is, what would I do? I've always thought that it starts off with the strategy of defining, as Bob has said, where you want to go. And I think the issue then for me is, and this goes back to the commitment, is you've got to get people to understand what customer experience is about. And one of the things that hopefully the listeners of this podcast are starting to understand is it's not just about traditional, rational things like delivery and price and all that thing. I'm not saying those things are unimportant, but on this podcast, we talk about emotional, subconscious, psychological experience. And that for me is about improving your knowledge of how to push the boundaries on customer experience, but also improving the senior team's knowledge of what improving a customer experience takes. And I think that for me becomes key. It reminds me of this conversation as we was having this, When I first started work, I used to work for Mars Confectionery. 
And I used to be a salesman. I used to go around to different stores and and our boss wasn't there all the time. And he used to say to me, what I'd like you to do is every week, I would like you to send me what he called a look what I've done. In other words, an articulation of something good that you'd done. And I think this goes back to what Bob was talking about, which is people have really got to start thinking about life from a business perspective and be able to equate return on this stuff. And therefore, as Ryan talked about, having appropriate measures becomes key. But being able to turn around and say, we made this change. This was what it was like before. This is what it's like now. Now, ideally, let's equate that to a revenue number. We'll speak volumes. And yet, we don't see a lot of people do that. If you get into more advanced thinking, then it's as Ryan and I have talked about here on many times, you know, there's a big difference between what customers tell you and what actually drives value. So the challenge for me is a simple question is, are you focused on improving the things that will actually drive value for you? You know, will give you a return. The danger is now I'm going to just wax lyrical and go on for the next half hour. So I won't do that. I'm going to ask Ryan in a moment. I would suggest that you go back and you listen to the podcast and you read the blog that I wrote on why customer experience is dying. I was being provocative. But there are seven things in there that I believe that organizations should look at changing. And if anybody's got any questions on this, by the way, just drop us a line at contact at beyondphilosophy.com. That's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. This is a subject that I'm really passionate about. Ryan, any thoughts from you on what you think people should take away and do? Two, briefly, you had a really nice bit of practical advice in terms of how to handle your bosses, make lists of the things that you've done that are great for the company and how CX has helped them. The broader point there is a lot of us forget to use our customer experience skills on others in the organization. Your boss is in some sense the customer of the data that's coming up from within the organization. Are you making that experience as pleasant for the decision makers in your organization as possible? Are you giving them the information that they need in the way that's most convenient for them, in the way that's most timely for them, in a way that helps them best see all of the great work that's coming out? So Use those skills externally, but also internally. And then from a broader perspective, I love the debate that's been going on between you two and, and within the larger community with regards to how to interpret this data that's come in about the state of customer experience. We have more data now than we ever have before. Data doesn't necessarily directly lead to insight. We need to apply some additional thought to it. Don't have a knee-jerk reaction to data that comes in. Try to understand it in context. Try to dig into why the data is appearing the way that it is and slow down. Use data appropriately as you make decisions. Great. Okay. Thank you very much. And Bob, if people want to get hold of the report you were talking about or get hold of you, how should they do that? Well, the report will be published in the next few days. So I'd say roughly by the... 19th or 20th of January, depending on when people are listening to this. And so you can just find it by going to customerthink.com. It'll be prominently promoted within our site. In terms of reaching me, you can reach me at uh, bob at customerthink.com. It's easy. Wonderful. And if you haven't gone on to customerthink.com, 
com, then what are you doing? Because that's a great <laughs> site for getting a broad sense of what's happening in the industry. Lots of people like my good self that write for the site, and it's a really good resource for you. So if you haven't been there, I genuinely recommend that you go there and take a look. So thanks very much, Bob. I know you and I will no doubt continue this debate as time goes on. Thanks very much for coming on the show today. It's been my pleasure. Great chatting with you and Ryan. Thank you. Thanks very much, everybody. And we look forward to talking to you next week on the Intuitive Customer Podcast. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Colleen. I promise to be back with you at the end of the show. To download our free book, Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience, just go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash cxbook. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash cxbook. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on the Intuitive Customer.